exactly. Uh-oh. Um, anyway, regardless of all of that, there's lots to get to. Let's get to it first. We've got to start with the culture war that is ongoing. And Tom Quiggan points out while well, he's responding to the Toronto Star, and they say breaking Young and Dundas Square in the heart of Toronto will be renamed to Sankofa Square. <laughs> Sankofa Square. I love it. I love it. Sankofa, Sankofa Square. I mean, it's very, it sounds really... Canadian or is it Asian? Is it Chinese? Where does it come from? I don't know. Who knows? I don't love it. I'm just kidding. The whole thing is ridiculous, right? We're going to spend a lot of money on this. This is taxpayer money down the drain to virtue signal about nonsense race and it's removing Canadian culture. It's removing young Dundas and these are people who built Toronto, right? So Tom Quiggan says, looks like another attempt to remove indigenous and Asian contributions to Canada, not very inclusive of TO City Council to block out certain groups while elevating others. And yeah, so that's pretty weird, right? Joe Warmington is responding to Allison. Allison says, WTF is Sankofa. Sounds like a Greek island. Yeah, sure. I sound, or I ask because I refuse to read regs like the Toronto Star. Olivia will turn this city into absolute rubble by the time she's through. Olivia Chow, have you no sense? Joe Warmington says, if Olivia Chow can change the main intersection in our great city into a name for no good reason to something that has no connection to here while erasing our history, where will she stop? What's next? No one I know wants this. It's a waste of money and effort and an effort to destroy Toronto. Sure, I, I agree with all of that. I think that it's exactly what's going on. I think that they are trying to remove what makes Toronto Canadian and Toronto and trying to replace it with a post-national hellscape. And we're footing the bill for it. Here's Harry Faulkner, and he says, politicians are erasing Canadian history in front of our eyes. Remarkably few Canadians are doing anything to stop it. I don't think Canadians believe what's going on. Like, I used to joke the, the government's calling us racist, and I would look behind me, right? Oh, you're talking about us? We're racist? Are you kidding? And now I understand fully what they mean, right? I get it because we're being removed and we're being replaced. And having any kind of opposition to that is racist now. And that's wild. That's absolutely incredible. And so I think people feel hamstrung. People feel, well, I've shown videos of people being interviewed in Wales and Scotland and these these kind of you know, traditionally very white places being asked, what do, you, what do you think the number one baby name is in this city this year, right? And they all say, you know, Patrick and um, Richard and, and all of these names, and they find out it's Muhammad. And when they find out it's Muhammad, the older ones seem to say, oh, right, I heard about that. And the younger ones seem confused. The confused ones are the people who aren't paying attention to politics, right? So they're, they're the ones who are checked out. Everybody else it understands what's going on very, very clearly. I was going to lead with this story yesterday, and then I thought, I'm going to let this cook a little bit and see what comes out of it. Because Rupa and Greg got into it. Rupa was saying, as an atheist Hindu, <laughs> okay, I don't have a problem with Hindu people. I don't have a problem with other religions or even big statues of other religions. Although a 50 foot, 55 foot tall statue of Hanuman in Brampton seems a little... I don't know. It's got to be against some kind of public order, some kind of bylaw. No, you can't have a 55-foot statue of your Hindu god. Even if the Hindu gods are really nice Hindu god. 
Regardless, the the comparison is being drawn by Harrison Faulkner here. He says Canada in 2023, Toronto, John A. McDonald statue at Queen's Park in a wooden box for over two years. Brampton, a brand new 55 foot tall statue of Hanuman, the Hindu monkey commander of the monkey army. And I've heard that there is, um, I don't know, there's clarification on this. This guy's for peace and happiness and things like that. Uh, fine, whatever. That's really not the point. The point is, and the other part of this is, this 55-foot statue is on private property where the statue of John A. MacDonald is on Queen's Park. And I think that, okay, interesting. Could I crowdfund for a 55-foot John A. MacDonald statue that we put on private property, like right beside the 401? Cool. Yeah, everybody would be fine with that. There wouldn't be like massive outcry. It's just interesting because I think there would be massive outcry. People would cry racism and colonialism and all sorts of crap. So even if, if you could get a 55-foot statue of Johnny McDonald, maybe hanging out in a, you know, in traditional garb, whatever the traditional garb is, um, I don't think you'd be allowed to put it through. I don't think you'd be allowed to actually have it come to fruition and have it built and displayed, I think it would end up with a box on its head, right? And so like, that's that's not great. Harrison Faulkner comes back and says, just to clarify, it's obviously fine to celebrate your own religion in this country, but it's also fine to point out that it's strange that these statues are allowed to go up while Canadians are forced to swallow lies about our founders and monarchs and watch our statues come down without any pushback. I don't think he's far off. I don't think he's far off to feel... Um, like this is weird. <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, Christopher Rufo says Harvard provided a racially segregated affinity group celebration at its commencement event earlier this year. Whites and Jews were the only groups not provided with celebrations. The university has now deleted this page from its website. So Harvard affinity celebrations for graduates and the list of affinity celebrations, uh, disabilities, indigenous, first-gen, next-gen graduates, Asian, Asian-American, Pacific Islander, Desi-American graduates, affinity celebrations honoring Black graduates, honoring LGBT graduates, honoring Latinx graduates, honoring Arab graduates. Any, are there any other ones? Uh, other ones? No, I think we covered it all. Are you sure you covered it all? Yeah, oh, we've covered it all. Okay, right. So that's pretty wild, right? And, and they're trying to hide it, and that's pretty wild too. Uh, yesterday as well, this statue which is a statue of Satan, was beheaded by this guy in, in where was it? Um, Iowa capital. So, and wokeness says, this is Michael Cassidy. He's a devout Christian and former military officer. Michael just tore down and beheaded a Satan idol that was erected in the Iowa capital. Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, so like this is, again, pushing a culture that is certainly not American, right? I, one nation under God, um, blah, 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 didn't used to be erecting um, statues to Satan in the capital. That's, that's very interesting to me, right? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of very strange things going on from renaming streets to erecting religious idols that are going against the, the religion of the country, right? It's, it's a really, really strange situation. And the cultural attack seems to be amped up a little bit. Here's Wall Street Silver. And he's talking about uh, Geert Wilders. And this is the pendulum swinging back, right? So on one side of things, the woke zealots took full control and were able to do everything they wanted to do legislatively. And that led to 
people being really upset. And this surprise victory for Geert Wilders, I'm probably getting his name wrong, so apologies about that, um, but he's going to become the prime minister and he's going to start mass deportations. And that's cultural, I think, too. But um, it's very, very interesting what's going on. So here's Wall Street Silver. He says, Geert Wilders is likely to become the prime minister of the Netherlands and begin mass deportations. A key ally of his just became the president of parliament. This is a great sign that a coalition exists that Geert will be able to organize to become the prime minister. So he will be able to follow through with his promises. And Tommy Robinson uh, is saying, Dutch parliament approves historic motion to opt out of EU asylum and migratory policy. Geert Wilders already making steps to make make the great, uh, again, Netherlands great again. Um, so that's interesting to me as well, because I think that if it's potential to destabilize the EU, and, and the EU is not really rock solid at this point in time after Brexit, and other people are saying, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't such a good idea anyway. So this and saying no to the migratory, forced migratory policy uh, may actually have an impact on the EU. So that's interesting to me as well. So I wanted to point that out. And they're, they're moving, they're making concerted moves to fix the problem. And I've said that you can't ignore what's happened. And if people are here illegally, if people are here trying to destabilize our country, we can't just pretend that's not happening. We should be responding to it. And currently we're not. Currently, we are definitely not at all. Here's David Morgan, and he's a guy from Wales. I followed him for a while. And um, he says, this is Vaughn Genthing. He is currently the front runner, front runner to replace Mark Drakeford as the first minister of Wales. Born in Zambia, if elected, he would join a Hindu prime minister and a Pakistani Scottish first minister in leading the United Kingdom. The great replacement is underway. I had another, I had another tab and it's, it's gone now. Yesterday I tagged it, but it said, this, the, this is the Caligari plan. And it had pictures of all of these people. And and I, and I thought, yeah, that's accurate. That was the plan. That is the plan. That is the plan going forward. It's very, very interesting. And it's very, very effective. Just yesterday, I talked about how Canada's codifying this stuff into law, right? And so it's it's wild. And, and I'm sure there's going to be more stories about, about how the laws are um, favoring new arrivals, so on and so forth. And, and that's very, very problematic. The Canadian government's focusing on black people and two LGBTI plus whatever it is, whatever the acronym they're using now is. And that's very, very problematic as well, because realistically, everybody that I've spoken to thinks that the best person for the job should get the job, not the best black person or the best white person or the best tall person or the best bald person or whatever it is, not that, the best person for the job. Because like, there are lots and lots of people out there, but not everybody is available to start work when you need them to start work or not, not available to, um, you know, change jobs. If you're like, listen, I want you to come and work for me. And, and then they say, okay, well, I make X per hour. How much are you offering? And you say, I cannot pay you that much. So like, you're incompatible. And so you have to find somebody that will fit into your budget and so on and so forth, right? Um, that's all sorts of different problems for hiring. And then when you add on, also they have to be black. Also they have to be an LGBT, whatever. Like I would almost just state that on the resume that I'm an LGBT or whatever, because like, when's that going to come up? I've seen Tootsie. This is totally problem free. Like punching somebody in the dark, victimless crime, right? Sure. I'm LGBT. I'm saying that tongue in cheek. Obviously in Tootsie, things went sideways, just like in Mrs. Doubtfire, right? But then everything was fine. 
What's the problem? I've seen movies. <laughs> okay, let's talk about DEI. Elon Musk is talking about DEI. He says, Microsoft Word now scolds you if you were, use words that aren't inclusive. So Elon, I guess, was writing something using Microsoft Words, and he called it insane. Insane stability. And they said, this is not inclusive. You can't call something insane. What about, what about, what about the insane stability people that might be offended by this word? Wild. So police, the thought police are going to invade your word processor. And if it invades your word processor, you, it starts to shape how you think, right? Although to be fair, using spell check for many, many years, I am not a better speller. I just ignore it. Right click. Nope. Yep. Okay, good. Moving on. I don't think to myself, maybe I should be more inclusive. Nope. <laughs> ignore. Turn off inclusivity warnings. Elon Musk says DEI diversity, equity, inclusivity, must die. The point was to end discrimination, not replace it with different discrimination. I, I guess you can't really end discrimination. The people in the West don't understand how racist people in the East are. It's, it's racism as, you, as ubiquitous as smoking. And that's not a criticism. It's just how they interact, I guess. And I'm not, I, like, I... I I dated an Asian person for a while and they called me Guaylo. Fine. <laughs> I didn't get offended. I wasn't upset about that. Um, and that's like kind of a not nice term for white people, right? It's kind of like a medium, not nice term, I think. <laughs> I think they meant it nicely. Um, but fundamentally, like there was a lot of casual racism. Like I, there was, I remember having conversations with my girlfriend at the time and the conversation was, um, it's lucky you're white and rich. And I was like, we're not rich. What are you talking about rich? And then she said, no, no, like rich enough. And I was like, okay. She said, if you were black, no way. She's like, you wouldn't have met my parents. No way, period. Nope. Um, she's like, if you're Asian, okay. Depends on the Asian though. And I was like, what do you mean depends on the Asian? And then she started rhyming off different Asian countries and their standings. Like I could date this person and they could be my parents. I could date this person, but nobody could know about it. I could date this person. Only my friends could know about it. And like, that's, that's what I mean by casual racism. That's what I mean by like a pecking order, et cetera. Et cetera. I don't think white people, white people, white people that I know approach dating like that. And, and I don't think that they look at dating in that, um, in that structure, whereas that structure did exist, was very clear and parents and children knew about it. So like that, that's what I mean. Right. And yeah, it, it wasn't, again, it wasn't, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm oversharing, but regardless, I think that there is, and I'm not, maybe speaking for all Asian people, maybe it was just the Asian people that I knew, but it seemed kind of cultural. Okay. And like when I met other Asian people, that was kind of reinforced and it was joked about. And it wasn't something that was like, oh, bad. You know, you're so bad. It was like, ha ha ha. Because what are you going to do? Right. And I thought it was funny. Anyway, this is what I thought of when Elon Musk said, DEI must die. The point was to end discrimination, not replace it with discrimination. But like, you know, you get powerful right? Like Anakin. And then, and then you just go to the dark side, right? And so like, that's what happened with DEI. You were the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy this and not join them. Bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. Right? Bring balance to the racism, not leave it in more racism. But DEI does lead to more racism. And people are realizing it, pushing back. I hope. Holy smoke. I mean, this stuff can't stand for much longer. Honestly, the Ontario government gives, ten, gives double the amount to people who are non-white than it does to white people. $5,000 to white people. 
uh, and double that to non-white people. And that's it, racist. It's just racist. Why are we doing this? And I've documented previously many instances of casual racism at the Upper Grand District School Board, but the racism is all against white people or benefiting black people. And that's enshrined into law as well. And I think that that's bad. DEI is bad and it needs to be abolished from law, period, from from law, from from being enforced through provincial mandates, provincial laws, provincial orders or edicts to the education system, all of that, that's that's not good. It, that's not healthy. It is teaching our kids to hate for no reason, based on skin color for no reason. It doesn't help. Okay, Rex Glacier, moving on just a little bit. Um, he says, imagine that, tr imagine that Trudeau is winning, right? So the news article he's responding to is the National News Watch, and they say, wait, maybe the liberals aren't doomed after all? And so they're talking about the numbers. So this is the writ.ca. So Kaching, right? Somebody's getting some mainstream media money. But Rex highlights this Globe and Mail article. Fall economic statement includes $129 million for news organizations. So the liberals are making payments to news organizations who are suddenly seeing the liberals who have collapsed from a de facto majority to uh, losing the next election handily to down to third place, maybe second, third place. Um, it's up in the air, I guess. 60 seats puts them in second place, but we'll see. Um, that's newsworthy, but now they're backing away from that because ka-ching, right? That's the implication. But also, it's not just mainstream media that the liberals are paying off. It's also tiny little Twitter accounts. I don't know why. I have no idea why. <laughs> why would you pay? Now, it could be money laundering. It could just be like, I am an in, I'm a liberal crony insider and I donated $1,000 to somebody's campaign one time. And yeah, sure, I have a business as an influencer and I've got a Twitter account that I want money from. Sure, I'll take that money, please. And I don't have to, all I have to do is hang out on Twitter and bash free dumbers, right? Give me money, please. So there's all sorts of this. And it doesn't seem like there's, I don't recognize any of these Twitter handles at all. So here's Bennett. He says, paid shills for a very corrupt government. Blacklock's reporter says $680,000. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money when you're talking about Twitter posts, right? Um, healthcare dollars to Twitter influencers to talk about how Health Canada is amazing. Uh, and so that's Blacklock Reporter. And so that's part of the inquiry. And then it's even, I think it's even worse. I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's just health influencers. I think it's more influencers. Um, maybe it's just Health Canada. Yeah, this is, this is citing Blacklocks as well. Franco Tetrazino, he's from, tax, he's the tax guy. He's federal director of taxpayer.com. And he says, this is bad. Feds took Canadians' money to pay influencers to tell Canadians how good a job the government is doing and those influencers weren't required to disclose that they were being paid by the government to spread its propaganda. And so that's uh, not good, right? Like not good. You're not getting honest. You're not getting honest reporting when that's the case. You're not getting honest tweets either, which is why I say take it with a grain of salt. It could be anybody, right? Saying anything, right? Anybody can get a Twitter account and look like they have credibility. Rupa, sub, Rupa says, while the premise of the government paying influencers to promote COVID-19 vaccines is ipso facto problematic, ooh, 
I, f- I feel so smart when I say ipso facto. Um, the fact that it did that they did it through non-influential handles is just plain dumb. I was expecting to recognize these Twitter influencers, but they're complete nobodies with a few hundred followers and some accounts have been de- deactivated. Having said that, this is a sideshow and you're being distracted once again because Trudeau's real allies in pushing his COVID-19 agenda were establishment figures in public health, medicine, and media, and they amplify the government's messaging almost verbatim. That's the real scandal. And Bavik says, tiny anonymous accounts. Perhaps the goal wasn't to influence the population here, and it's just straight up payments to friends of the Liberal Party. Really could be. That's the simple way of saying it. Really could be. Who knows, right? I think that it's very, very interesting how well covered the Liberals are with regards to um, online influencers, but their online influencers are, are crap, but they're spending money on it. So that's more than I thought was happening. And I didn't know about it until this broke, right? So presumably as well, they're using it for more than just COVID. But I can't prove that. I don't have any, influ- I don't have any information that says that yet. Just the implication of if they're doing it for COVID, they're probably doing it for other things, right? That's, that's my, you know, if this is true, then probably other, they're doing it for other places. So it's one of those things where I look at that and think, huh, so there is a strategy and there is money for it, right? And this is more than half a million bucks. So I wonder how much money is being shoveled out the door to influencers. And just because we only know about the government, the the Health Canada ones, which influencers, maybe they've got, maybe they're using bigger influencers for different campaigns, right? And for different different files. So that's interesting to me as well. Here's Melanie Jolie, and she says, anti-Semitism and Islamophobia have no place in our society. Thank you, Deborah Lyon and Amir Al-Gawabi for your tremendous leadership on these issues. We discuss the need to continue our work together to combat all forms of hate. It is problematic to have the foreign affairs minister needing these paid government people to influence her on Islamophobia or anti-Semitism. Didn't it used to be that you had a religious, like if you needed the Christian perspective, you'd go to the bishop or whatever. The I don't know, there's a religious leader who would be the religious leader that the politician would rely on to go to. So wouldn't you just utilize a mosque and a, and a, um, a synagogue? Like, wouldn't you just kind of do that rather than paying these guys hundreds of thousands of dollars to sit on Twitter and to be representatives for Islamophobia and anti-Semitism? And fundamentally, and I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again, the term anti-Semitism and Islamophobia is used to derail any kind of criticism of Islam or Jewish people uh, and, and, and to turn it back on you and say, that's actually very racist of you to say what right and so even even if it is racist even if it is something that is a misnomer or that's not true then then that's an opportunity to maybe educate somebody but having having being told that's being racist that's insane that is not meant to make people better that is meant to derail the conversation and having people in government paid by the government to figure out how anti-semitism and islamophobia are are existing in a certain situation here and there or whatever, I'm just not interested in hearing their paid for opinions because they work for the government. And I mean, the government controls everything about everything everybody says, everywhere, it seems. You can't get away from the government line 
And if you do get away from the government line, well, YouTube just limited my account again. Ha, right? I can't, I got, I lost all of my, I don't know, extra abilities, right? I verified my account when I got my account with my phone number in order to upload the size of file that I need to upload. And, and then today, yesterday, I got the email saying, sorry, you don't have those abilities anymore. You can't do anything like that. I can't put links in my description, nothing. So all sorts of crazy stuff, man. Um, anyway, it's wild, but they don't want you to hear anyone's opinion outside the government opinion because anybody's saying, I don't know, it sounds like bullshit to me. They don't want you to hear it, right? But they're shoveling a lot of bullshit. Dr. Pennsylvania Adams is saying this. This is the local newspaper, The Telegraph Journal in St. John's, New Brunswick. And when you read articles online, this is one of the ads on the site. The government is openly funding local news, even in small cities. That's how gross and desperate they are to feed us propaganda. Yeah, they don't, they don't want anybody, even a small opinion piece in a local New Brunswick local paper, they don't want anybody coming out against the narrative, right? So uh, Telegraph Journal is part of the local journalism initiative and reporters are funded by the government of Canada to produce civic journalism for underserved communities. So without the government of Canada, we wouldn't have this newspaper. So you better thank them for all this propaganda. You're welcome. Hello everyone, thanks very much for watching. This is just a short version of a longer show. If you'd like to get the whole show, you can go over to canadapoly.com and sign up for a subscription. Just look in the drop-down tab for shop and donate and look for subscriptions and you'll get immediate access to the full show. Love to see you. Thanks for watching everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.